I love that song as just a way as we're wrapping up this series of just proclaiming that, gosh, we believe God's moving and working in our lives and we're not alone. And it just goes with what I'm talking about this morning as we wrap up this series on Towards a Life in Christ that's inspired, intelligent, and involved. I had to get that last one blanked for a second. <laughs> um, but it's been, it's been a rich, rich series together of where we've been looking at uh, just the vision of what it looks like to live a life with Christ, connected to him, and having this vision of um, growing in our Christ-likeness, growing and being reformed in the image of Christ every day in our life by being engaging in these different practices. And this vision and what we've been talking about really is just a starting place. It's just a starting place for what God is wanting to continue to do in our life. Because if honestly, if um, I think about it, uh, dreams and visions, they can feel like impossible at times. It feels like, gosh, who I am today feels so far off, so impossible to where I'm like visioning myself and where I want to go. And uh, we all have different dreams and vision in, your, in our lives. And um, one of mine that feels completely impossible is I have a dream to do a triathlon. So anybody in here a triathlon runner? We had, oh, they were all first service, which makes sense because they were here early. So I get it. They were up running right away, came to church. It makes sense. Okay, well, my dream is to do a triathlon. But here's the deal about me and my dream. It's been 10 years now that I've dreamed of a triathlon. But my friend Patty is laughing because she knows exactly how bad this is. Okay, so I want to do a triathlon. But here's the deal. I am a terrible swimmer. I hate running. And I have a single speed bike that does not make it up hills very well. So my path to becoming a triathlon uh, the competitor is, feels impossible. Like when you see me swim, it, I doggy paddle like it's my job. That is not going to survive the waters of a triathlon. I'll get like drowned in there. But I was talking to my friend Mariah uh, Buckley, who goes to our church, and um, we had some people doing an ultra marathon, and she's done ultra marathons. She did the Western Slopes, which is like the big deal one. And I was telling her, I was like, yeah, this is my dream. I'm watching other people compete. And she's like, well, honestly, just even having that desire is a starting place. Because she goes, because some people don't even want to ever do that in their life. And so you have this desire in you, but now it just takes some practical training to be able to get there. And it's going to take me uh, taking time out of my schedule to do some conditioning, some training. I'll have to invest in a little bit of equipment, like a bike and a swimsuit that works for the, like, I have a lot to do, but it's just taking these small steps. And Mariah was so encouraging. She's like, it's just these small steps that you have to take to help you grow, to get to where you want to be. It's just small ways that you want to train daily to get to that goal. Well, as Christians, we desire more and more to be like Christ. We want our lives to be changed, where our words, our actions, our life reflect more of the heart of God. And it can feel a little bit overwhelming. It can feel maybe impossible when we think of like, oh man, where I am today, that feels so far 
from me reaching that goal. But I want to encourage that just having that desire is a starting place. But we don't want to just stop at discussing and dreaming and deciding to follow Jesus. No, we actually want to start participating in that dream. And by participating, we want to start in some Christian training, which is called discipleship. And discipleship comes from the idea, um, it's rooted even before Jesus in Jewish tradition of coming under a rabbi, learning from him. And so Jesus decided when he came to earth, he said, I'm going to gather disciples and they're going to follow me they're going to listen to me. We're going to walk through life together, and I'm going to teach them how to live this life as I desired them to live. And so discipleship involves spiritual practices that allow us to be reformed into the image of Christ, that allow us to reshape our lives to be more and more like Jesus by following the, the practices and the teachings that he gave us and doing, it's almost a training exercise for us to grow deeper in that way. And to help us understand discipleship, I want to look at this passage that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church of Corinth. Um, and he wrote this to help them understand how important training, participating in training is to our growth with God. And here's what 1 Corinthians 9, 24 to 27 says. I'm using the New Living Translation. Um, it says, Do you, don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but one person gets the prize. So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. So I, I love this passage because it's a really familiar illustration that Paul is using. He puts it right in the middle of his conversation with having their lives changed by Christ, what different things they're living into, and he puts this right in the middle. And it's a really familiar um, imagery for the people of Corinth because uh, they were used to having the Ismanian games happen at, um, in their area, around their area. So they were used to, which was like you have the big Athens games, and this was like one of the next bigger ones um, that happened all around. And so they're used to watching athletes compete. They're used to watching um, athletes training. And so this was a familiar imagery for the, uh, the people of Corinth. And I think it's great for us because we're also pretty familiar with this illustration. Like whether you're an athlete or not, we're familiar with watching competitions, whether that's the Olympics or football games. We uh, appreciate what these athletes have put into their training to get to where they are. We, we know that it hasn't been an easy path and it takes a while for them to do that. So that's why I love this illustration. And I think there's some key elements that Paul is really trying to emphasize for us when we think of, gosh, if we want to grow deeper in our relationship with God, if we want to be reformed in the image of Christ, then there are some training practices or exercises that we need to do. Discipleship needs to be key uh, to our life. And so I want to talk a little bit about some of the things Paul uh, is showing. And the first is discipleship needs a plan to practice. To grow more and more in Christ-likeness, it's not going to happen overnight. 
as great as I would love, like I started following Jesus and everything changed about my life. Like, no, if we've been walking this journey long enough, it's a long journey. And Paul relates our discipleship journey to how athletes are disciplined in their training. And in these games uh, that were happening around Corinth, I was reading a commentary and it said that they would undergo strict training for 10 months to prepare for just these games. So they would see them for months and months, months, disciplining themselves in their training regiment, their plan that they had to prepare and win these games. And so they have this whole plan of how they're training. And Paul notices that they are running with purpose in every step. Every step of their way has purpose. There's a plan to why they are doing that, to prepare for their vision and their goal. And if we want to grow in anything, we honestly have to have an intentional plan that we practice doing, not just making the plan, but actually practice it. So my, one of my growing up dreams was to play the piano. And uh, I really, what I wanted to do was play iconic songs like My Heart Will Go On because the Titanic was popular. And I was like, oh, that is all I want to do is play that song over and over again, Celine Dion, like so beautiful. But when I went to go take piano lessons, That is not what I got to do. I didn't get to play. My heart will go on right away. Instead, my teacher had a plan. My piano teacher had a plan to get me there. And that plan included these uh, Alfred's uh, basic piano library, where you had to go through every little lesson, each book, slowly but surely. And the idea was it would give small manageable ways for, for me to grow and develop the skills to be able to play the song that I wanna play. And if I'm honest, it was boring. Like, I did not like it at all. Like, it was, you were playing these songs that weren't famous or popular or cool. They were slow and boring, and I felt like I was doing nothing. And so I, I did it for a few years, and I think I made it up to like the level two orange book, so not that far. Uh, and I made it that far, built some skills, but over time, I started practicing less and less. I got kind of bored. I was like not getting to where I wanted to right away, and so I started practicing less and less. Uh, I was getting away with it a little bit at first, but then when I started going down to maybe once a week practicing or practicing 30 minutes before uh, my piano lesson, some of you were smiling like, oh, I've done that. Um, <laughs> or I didn't practice at all going, I can wing this, this, this is easy. I remember my piano teacher distinctly saying, as it was just decreasing more and more, is my piano teacher looked at me and after I had played a piece, she looked and says, I can tell that you haven't practiced. I can tell that you haven't practiced because the fruit of practicing was not coming out. I wasn't playing to the level that I could. I wasn't diving deeper into the practice of piano. And so the fruit of what was happening, my piano teacher could tell that I was not practicing. And so it's important for us when we make a plan that we engage in practicing. And Michael Gladwell's um, book, Outliers, he says it's 10,000 hours to practice. 10,000 hours of practice that allows you to become a master at a skill. 10,000 hours, that's a lot of hours. I did not put that in for piano. But what's happening, that's a lot of practice and Paul is emphasizing this point. He understood that, gosh, if we want the fruit of being more and more like Jesus for our life to be changed and to grow closer to him and our, every, our heart, our mind, our body is, is, 
is going after Jesus and all that we need to engage in practices. And specifically, the practices that were taught by Jesus. The things he showed his disciples, he talked about with his disciples. Jesus wants us to engage in those practices. And these practices we've been talking about, most, most of what we, is Jesus taught, we've been covering as many as we could this fall of different practices that can help our, our hearts and minds and bodies to dive deeper in our faith and to be transformed. And these practices that we talked about were connected to the vine, prayer, following the Holy Spirit, fasting, Sabbath, reading scripture, understanding our giftings and calling and so many more. Those are the practices that I'm talking about. And each of these practices, all they're doing is helping us to depend more on God. They're helping us to allow God to teach us in new ways how it is that he wants us to live. And our our plan that we make, if we have a vision of, gosh, I want to be reformed in the image of Christ, that's the vision and the plan. It's going to happen when we take small steps of creating a plan and a practice of each and every day building more and more each of these practices in our life to grow closer to him. And when I look at people that I look up to that have been walking with Jesus for a long time, gosh, they are carving out time in their day to spend with Jesus. They're carving out time to grow in prayer. They're carving out time in their week to develop a rhythm of Sabbath. They're learning what their giftings and callings are. And and some of them have been walking with Jesus for a long time, and they go, gosh, I still need to practice because it takes hours and days and weeks of practicing to see that transformation happening. And so it's only through spending that time, making that plan and actually practicing the things that Jesus taught us that we'll begin to then see transformation slowly over time in our life. And we have to choose that. We have to choose to go, okay, I'm going to practice the plans and the things that Jesus taught us. But even more Jesus uh, showed us that discipleship is never done alone. Discipleship is never done alone. Honestly, I don't think uh, that there is such a thing as an individual sport. I think individuals compete, and they compete in an event by themselves, but the actual sport takes a team of people. For someone to compete in a race, it's going to take coaches, friends, athletic trainers. It's going to take nutritionists, sponsors, parents, to help that athlete get to the goal that they wanna get to. And so I look at uh, Usain Bolt up here. He is the fastest man alive. And he knew that training on his own was not how he would get to be the fastest person. And he's an eight-time Olympic gold medalist. And after the 2004 um, Olympic Games, uh, Mark, who's in the back, was actually there watching this. Uh, he had, did not compete well, and he had one of his slowest runs. And, um, and in that, then he decided, gosh, I'm going to seek out a coach that can take me to the next level, that can help me be the fastest that I can be. And he chose Glenn Mills here, his coach, to come alongside him. And he attributes Glenn's coaching to helping him get to record-shattering accomplishments. It is his coach that came alongside him that pushed him, encouraged him, helped him with a training plan that helped him get to the next level. Well, our discipleship uh, process is not to be alone. Jesus did not, de- did not design it that way. He designed it to be in community. But first of all, God made us to be in relationship with him. 
We're not to do discipleship alone. We're not supposed to figure out and, and muscle our way through it. We're supposed to be in this relationship with God where we depend on him, we draw close to him, we learn from God. We learn how he is, how it is that he's wanting us to live. And God loves us so much that he knows our hearts. He knows the areas that we need to grow in. He knows where we're struggling. And he wants to speak into those areas. He wants to help us grow and find freedom in those areas. And so we're to do discipleship with God, not separate from him. We grow with God. But even, even more, as God's teaching us to grow, what I love is it's not just you and God. It's not, gosh, I can't, I've talked to countless people they are like, hey, I don't need to do that or participate with that group of people because God and I are good. Yes, you and God are good, but God designed us to be in community. God designed our discipleship and our growth to be with one another. He called 12 disciples. He, he could have just chose one person to go, all right, this is how we're going to do it. I'm going to just walk with you. I'm going to teach you everything. It's just going to be you and me. But no, instead what he did was he gathered a bunch of people and said, we're going to learn together. I'm going to teach you in this group of people so you can encourage one another. You can build one another up. You can um, grow together. And even when Jesus died and rose again, the church exploded with communities all over the world. But it was always communities. It was always people growing together towards a life in Christ. And I love, because you read all throughout scriptures, it's like beginning of letters, middle of letters, end of letters, like they're always saying, we're so glad that you haven't given up meeting together, encouraging each other, loving one another, serving with each other. I love Hebrews 10, 24 to 25 says, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. So we see all throughout all throughout scripture, community is part of this plan. And as pastors, that's the same for us. I love that Jeff today said, I need you. Gosh, I need this community just as much. And then Linda was preaching, and I think this is so powerful that if, when she was praying where it's like, gosh, if you're carrying a burden, let's not carry that alone. Let us know that there are people in this room that want to come alongside you, want to walk with you, pray with you, encourage you. You do not have to be isolated. And I think it's hard because we live in a culture that's individualistic, that's just, I gotta figure out my things, do my ways, I'm gonna stay isolated. Gosh, Jesus and his ways pushes against that. We are to be together. We need mentors, we need small groups, Bible studies. We need friends who are gonna speak truth to us, who love Jesus, love us, and can ask us the hard questions or push us to grow a little bit more, or to see something differently. We need those people in our life. I have a friend that's been with me for 10 years, and she actually still lives in Kansas City. She's originally from Brazil. And gosh, I love having her in my life because she loves the Lord, and every time I talk to her, she is pushing me towards Jesus. She's calling out things in my life, and I trust her so much to go, gosh, okay, where am I missing it? And she's able through prayer and leading of the Holy Spirit, able to come alongside me and help me grow. And so we grow with each other. And I notice that whenever, gosh, I stop trying to do things on my own, which is a habit of mine. I stop doing things on my own and I humbly accept the help of God and the help of others and allow people to speak into my life, allow God to speak into my life. I see more growth than I do when I'm just trying to figure it out on my own. 
And so discipleship is never to be done alone. We're supposed to have a plan. We're supposed to practice doing it with others. But I want to leave you with one final encouragement that Paul mentions in this passage. And here's, here's the encouragement. Finish the race of discipleship. Don't take shortcuts. See, I think the excitement of starting something new uh, can start off easy at first. And at first, we're like super motivated. We have a vision of where we want to go. We know our why. And we are like, I'm going after it. But most habits and New Year's, New Year's is coming up. And we know fail after a couple of days, maybe a couple of weeks. Like it's easy because we tend to lose our motivation. But I think even more, we just live in a culture of instant everything. Instant everything. And so it's easy when something doesn't happen right away, we want to throw up our hands, we want to give up, we want to uh, just say, you know, I don't want to do this anymore, it's too hard, I don't feel like it, because it didn't happen right away. But in all honesty, discipleship is a lifelong journey and process. It's not going to happen overnight. You're going to have to wrestle through and work through things. And what I love not love, sorry, I should say, I'm challenged by what Paul says, is he says that he's training himself to not be disqualified. And this is really, really hard and a challenging phrase to go, okay, what is he saying? I spent a lot of time uh, reading different commentaries about this to really understand, um, because what Paul is not saying is he's not saying that you are disqualified from God's love. He's not saying that. None of what I'm talking about Earns you, like lets you earn or lose God's love. That is not what God says at all. God says you are loved. That's the starting place. You don't have to do anything for that. You could do nothing at all, and you could just know that you are loved by God. Nothing would disqualify you from God's love over your life. What Paul is saying is, gosh, if you want to get grow deeper, experience the fullness of what God has for you, Gosh, then you need to finish. You need to keep going and not take shortcuts. And we have to look at the imagery uh, and understand this word disqualified in the illustration of a race. Because what Paul is saying is disqualified in a race is you did not finish. You either took a shortcut or you just gave up. And so you're not going to experience the fullness of what it means to keep going. And I uh, was looking up and uh, talking with Jeff about this 1980s uh, Boston Marathon winner, uh, Rosie Roos. She was declared the winner, um, and then eight days later, they took that title away from her because they found out that she started the race, then about a couple miles in, hopped on a train, went to the end of the race, a mile out, and pretended she ran the whole thing and won. So she was, I know, wild. Like, that's insane. And they didn't catch it for eight days until they had eyewitnesses start to come up. But she was pretending to be someone that she was not. She was pretending that she had finished the race. She was taking a shortcut instead of enduring the hard, the challenge, the ups and downs of running the race and having the joy of finishing it and completing it to the fullness. She just gave up. She took a shortcut and then she thought, gosh, this is going to give me the joy that I want. But instead, what it did was everyone noticed, gosh, you're not, you're not really who you say you are. You were pretending the whole time. And she put on this whole show with it. And here's, here's my encouragement when I hear that story, when I think of what Paul's saying, gosh, we cannot fake it until we make it with discipleship. 
We cannot fake it. Discipleship is an authentic, long process of trusting the Lord, of asking the Lord to continue to grow us and taking shortcuts and trying to make put pressure things to go faster than you want them to is only going to cut us short. It's only going to cut us short from all that God has for us, for the fullness of life, for the freedoms he wants to give us. He wants us to take the full long journey to go after the full race because the, the um, victory that he talks about, the victory, the prize, is that we are reformed in the image of Christ. Gosh, we don't want to cut that short. We don't want to cut short what God wants to teach us, grow us in. But I get that it can be really hard it can be challenging. There's days when you're like, gosh, I don't want to do these practices. I'm, I'm tired. I'm bored. This is too hard. But I want to encourage you, don't take a shortcut. Keep running the race. And honestly, it's not a race. It's more like a walking marathon that we're doing. It's a slow process. It takes days, weeks, years, our whole life. As long as we are still here on this earth, God has so much to do in our life in my life, and in your life. And so I love that we sang earlier, we were singing, gosh, we still believe that God is moving, that God is speaking, that God is working all, good th all things for good. That's what we were praising God for. And so if we're saying that, gosh, let's not take shortcuts in what God's wanting to do. Let's engage in the practices he's given us so we can dive deeper into a relationship with him and be reformed into the image of Christ and be able to understand more of who it is that he made us to be. Well, as we're wrapping up this series, um, I want to make it really practical, because I think it can be easy to walk away from this sermon and go, wow, that was great. Okay, I think I'm going to put a practice in. I'm going to make a plan. I'm going to find some people. But I actually want to take some time for us to go, okay, we've been talking about these different practices, these practices that are involved in discipleship. But let's sit and let's take a moment to talk with the Lord about what is it that he's wanting us to grow in. I want to invite the band out, and here's what we're going to do in this next worship song. You have this uh, little, almost bookmark-looking paper. Online community, the online host can put this on um, for you guys. And I want you to spend some time with the Lord, because we're doing this with God, with the Holy Spirit. And I want you to start to go, okay, God, where? take an inventory. Where are you wanting me to grow, Jesus? Where, what are the spiritual practices that you're wanting me to partake in, that you're wanting me to start trying? And I, we have a list of some of the things that we talked about. Um, this is not a final list. There's so many more things you could do. But we have this list of what some of the things we talked about and to go, okay, what would it look like for me to try one of these? And what's great is um, Jeff and Ben have created a discipleship curriculum. If you use this QR code or if you go, it's on the website as well. Um, you can use this QR code to go to the website page where they actually have 30-day um, activities and plan, a 30-day plan for you to engage in each of these practices. And I think that's pretty cool because they've already gone, kind of like my piano teacher, I've set this practice up for you. I have a plan. So now it comes down to you choosing to do that. And I also want to encourage, okay, so what practices are you going to do? Spend some time in prayer in this next worship song. Don't rush it. Ask the Lord what it is that he's wanting you to do. But even more than going, okay, so these are the practices. Who can I invite along with me in this to help me, to guide me, to maybe do it with me? When I, uh, the last two months, 
um, I was sort of going through this, okay, Jesus, what is it that you're wanting to teach me? What practices would you like me to dive deeper into so I can fall more in love with you and be um, more like you in my words, my actions, in my life? And the Lord put on my heart prayer, and, um, which was great because I was on maternity leave and all of a sudden I couldn't do ministry, so I had to pray. And that was actually really hard for me to um, do. And so I spent a lot of time praying, and what was really sweet was I had a friend um, who I was like, this is where I'm wanting to grow in. And she goes, great, I've been reading this prayer book. Would you want to read with me, and we can encourage each other in prayer. And so I'm still doing it right now where we're engaging in prayer each day. We're growing with each other. We're challenging each other. We're checking in with each other. Um, So I want you not just to pick, okay, this is going to be the practice I'm going to do. Me and God, we got this. No, but who is going to come alongside with you in it? Who can you invite maybe to to help you learn more or to just do it with you? So I want you uh, to pray through that. Stay seated for a little bit. Stay seated. Spend some time in prayer. Figure out which one is it that you're wanting to do and with who. Um, And then when you're ready, you can stand um, up for worship. So let me pray for us, and then um, we will continue in worship. Jesus, I thank you. Um, gosh, that you love us so much that you are wanting us to um, have this relationship with you that is deep and rich. I pray that, I thank you that you have a vision for our life, um, that we'd grow in more and more likeness to you, and it would radically change our life. And Lord, I thank you that you are so gracious in that, that you're willing to walk alongside us in the ups and downs of walking through these practices, of learning how to follow you. And Jesus, I thank you for the grace that, um, gosh, since we're still here, we're still among this world, that you are not done with us yet. You have more to do. There's more that you're wanting to show us and teach us, more ways you're wanting to um, encourage us to depend on you. And so, Lord, I just pray that you'd be with us as we um, sit with you and wonder, gosh, where is it that you're wanting to grow us, what you're wanting us to try Um, And I pray, Lord, that we would not give up, uh, that we would continue through all the ups and downs to continue um, to walk with you in the process of discipleships so that we can be reformed in your image. So thank you for this time and uh, be with us as we um, discover what you have next for us. In Jesus' name, amen.